0: Yeah, punch yourself up by your own ball straps. Oh, we never I never even brought up Brett Favre's welfare fraud. It's Cheese Eds in Chicago Land, the best podcast about the Green Bay Packers. I'm Mike Fleischman from my beautiful South Side of State, all the way from Brooklyn, New York. Matt Mellum-Setter is with me. Matt, hello. Hey, Mike. How's it going? And I'm, I'm all right. Week one is in the books. It's Sunday night as we're recording this. About 7.04 local time for me, which means the Packer game has recently come to an end. 23-7. Vikings defeat the Packers. But before we talk a little bit about this game and some of the other fun games that took place around the NFC North, Matt, I've got to ask you a question because we took a week off. You moved to New York, your impressions of Brooklyn, New York. You've been a Brooklynite for a while now.
1: What do you think? Yeah. You know, six days is definitely enough time mm-hmm. to figure out a place. Uh, I really, I really like Brooklyn. I I work in Manhattan and I try and spend as little time in Manhattan. Other than that, um, I get enough of that when I'm working and I yeah. don't like it. Uh, Brooklyn is very chicagoy in its kind of spacing you know i'm a, i'm in a i'm in a part where like people around me have little small yards and it's affordable you know it's affordable in a new york way you know anyway yeah, it's it's a lot slower it's a lot more relaxed it gets quiet over here at night there's still there's still big parks there's still decent transit um and there's there's just about anything you can want brooklyn like population wise if you were to break new york city into the bureau boroughs or the bureaus or the bureaus if you were to break it up into like you know economic bureau trade bureau whatever uh if you were to break it up into the boroughs uh brooklyn would be the third biggest city in the United States it'd be behind los angeles chicago brooklyn um it's it's there's just so much going on at all times all across it there's beaches there's prospect park which is gorgeous they've got a little minor league team down in uh down on coney island um yeah man i really i really like it some great some great breweries as well which is it's, which is a key for me it sounds like you think similarly to about brooklyn the way i do
0: about or about manhattan the way i do about the north side of chicago since i've been a south sider since 2016 and anytime i find myself up on the north side i just I, I get to sneer at it with with that classic like like working class dirtbag affectation that I have, despite the fact that I just don't work for a living. But you go up there and like, ooh, it's a fancy vegan store, even though like I love food and <laughs> will totally eat a vegan meal. Yeah, uh, the south side gives me the pretension to sneer at the north side. And I won't I won't accuse you of, of sneering at anything or having any kind of pretensions. But, yeah, you know, there is that 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 attitude about Brooklyn that we certainly absorb from, like, culture, that it sets itself apart from Manhattan.
1: Yeah, I will sneer at Manhattan a little bit. Man. OK, good. Some, sometimes I go out, I grab a drink after work and I'm like, man, this costs twice what I pay in my neighborhood. I don't like this. Um,
0: I took Amy out for a meal in Pilsen last night. After I got back, I, I made a, a work run between Cincinnati and South Bend. So I got to see Cincy for the first time, but I, I took Amy out for a meal at the end of kind of end of a long weekend last night. And I got to spend more time in Pilsen because the one thing that I do get a little bit tired of is that I want something down here that has a little bit more of, of a, uh, you know, a disposable income identity. Like there's, there's a lot of quick serve places and you can get, you can get a lot of food in tortilla shells in my neighborhood, which none of it is bad. But I've been I've been craving a little bit more variety, and Pilsen is a pretty quick drive, so I've got to make a mark to spend a little bit more time there.
1: I I love Pilsen. Every time I was there, the West Side of Chicago is really neat. We've got to talk a little bit about football. We got, I got to watch the uh,
0: the Forty ers blow a game to the Bears. I got to watch the Bears play in the the basically a flash flood that we've had here we had probably about eight hours of rain here on the south side i know on the north side it rained a lot heavier and there were some some strands that went through the suburbs that caused some flash flooding we didn't get any of that here but soldier field on brand new turf turned into a swimming pool and the 49ers completely forgot how to play football justin fields and the bears remembered how And we got to watch that ahead of this Minnesota Vikings victory over the Packers. So I do want to start. We'll avoid the Packers for five more minutes and your, your impressions of the 2022 bears and how they looked.
1: Hey man, they both had to play in the rain Mm -hmm. and the bears, the bears toughed it out. I, you know, the bears won the game. Justin Fields made some great throws. There's the one play where he like rolled out left, looked back, right. I don't know how he found him found a guy found Dante Pettis wide open. Um just a great play. Justin Fields could be the real deal. Had a really nice game. Um what I spent the whole game thinking was what on earth are the 49ers doing? What multiple defensive
0: penalties to give to extend Bears drives. On multiple different drives that they scored on. It's just not it's not a, it's not a recipe for winning. You you're not allowed accurate
1: yes it didn't get like can't see the players bad until kind of late in the fourth quarter yeah
0: the game was decided by the time by the time it got really thick on that set that was kind of the second downpour that they had the first being around the pregame time was when it got really really intense but yeah during the game there was there was visibility there the players seemed to have traction despite everything that was going on with the water on the field so yeah, a, lo- a lot of mistakes that you just cannot have. And to me, like the way the 49ers played and the way the Packers played on the road against NFC North teams
1: has a lot in common. My issue with the Niners was that the the whole game. I'm going, what are you what are you calling, Kyle? Because it felt like every time I'd look up, Trey Lance is running a QB draw up the middle. And it it wasn't that rainy where you can't throw a quick slant or anything like that. You can't get the ball out of his hands. It just felt like he was trying to kill him. Um, but, yeah, no, both both good teams last year that looked very disappointing against NFC North counterparts today. Yeah, the, the Packers only
0: had three losses last season. And, of course, week number one was 38-3, to three, a loss against New Orleans, in which they looked completely cooked and there's a lot of similarities to that game here as well in that the the packers looked cooked the the first half was a a poor effort performance and anytime listeners of this show will know I don't I don't blather about effort very much but there was just a distinct difference in the level of speed and attack that the vikings were playing with as opposed to green bay the defense early i felt was was hitting hard but then as soon as the Vikings were able to make an adjustment and go over the top of the linebackers, uh, the Vikings really exploited the Packers' tendency to have two big, strong inside linebackers and to bring them into the line of scrimmage. And they, the Vikings were able to go over the top. Intermediate routes, 15 to 25-yard throws were available all day long, and giving that kind of stuff to Justin Jefferson did not
1: work out in the Packers' favor uh no it didn't Justin Jefferson 9 catches 184 yards two touchdowns it's a career high in in receiving yards for him it feels like everybody's career high comes against the Packers defense he did most of that damage in the first half he was he was just absurd he looked unstoppable there's one play where it's broken coverage there's nobody on the screen with Justin Jefferson where he catches the ball uh scores a touchdown on it just overall a, a real lack of effort, I guess. Game planning wasn't there really either. Maybe effort exposes a poor game plan, or it just goes hand in hand. It just well, wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't pretty. Yeah, the amount
0: uh, more effort isn't going to give Aaron Jones more than five carries. Yeah, that that's something that you fix with a game plan on the on the defensive side. I think there were, yeah, there were just just lapses and some. Some interesting schemes. I get I get that the Packers want to run a zone-based pass coverage, but the Vikings had one effective idea in this game, and that was to get Justin Jefferson breaking in or out off of, off of a route and get him releasing from guys. And if you let him turn and make those moves and cuts without any sort of impedance, he's going to get open. Like it's, it's a pure, it's a mathematical thing at a certain point in that Justin Jefferson is fast enough to get open. If you do not impede his cuts and route moves and the Packers had absolutely no plan to do that.
1: And that was very surprising. Yeah. It felt like Justin Jefferson didn't really have to use his route running skills today. He didn't have to shake anybody. It felt like a lot of the time Packers cornerbacks were playing like off man, 5, 10 yards off and not pressing at the line very often. Uh, And Justin Jefferson was just kind of able to get into what he wanted to do. Kirk Cousins threw the ball well, 23 of 32 for 277 yards and two touchdowns. There wasn't much pressure on the quarterback. There was one sack. Yeah,
0: Rashawn Gary got in early, and that was after a couple of dropbacks where it looked like the Packers were going to be able to get home with four. You did not see them blitz very much in this game. They seemed to to believe in the game plan that four was going to get them to Kirk cousins. It got them there once. And then it didn't for the rest of the game. And I think that was a problem because as soon as, as soon as cousins is able to step up and, and look more that, that that's the kind of stuff that makes him better. He wants to be in the pocket to do his work. That's, that's where he's been great. And sometimes when you rush four at a guy and, you get those, those especially when you were the Packers and you have that kind of speed on the edge. All these defensive guys get up the field. It ends up with a guy being like Cousins being able to step up through it and have a whole bunch of real good ideas.
1: Yeah, it just – he wasn't pushed out of the pocket very often, and that's where you make Kirk Cousins make bad decisions. He didn't have to make any bad decisions tonight. He wasn't putting in a position – where those were an option, he was able to stand pretty tall and and make throws, and he did that all night long. Um, on,
0: on the other side of the ball, Aaron Rodgers had some time and did not find some guys, and then he ran out of time. There, there were there was good pass rush on the on the Minnesota side, but there were also multiple occasions when Rodgers chose not to throw the ball away. Or chose not to try and make a difficult throw, and instead ended up eating some really hard hits
1: that I don't think he needed to take. Yeah, I there's the one that concussed uh, John Runyon Jr. where Rogers just got smashed in between him and another guy. He just he got walloped a couple times, and I'm I'm all for you know live to fight another down. That's been Roger's kind of whole mantra is, is avoid bad, bad throws, avoid interceptions, avoid turnovers, live to fight another down. This one was pretty decided by mid second quarter. You got to just start taking some shots here. Yeah.
0: You've got to put some pressure on guys. The, the, the few times in the game that Roger really tried to put pressure on the Vikings secondary was to throws to his two veteran guys out there, Randall Cobb and Big Bob Tunyon. And the throw to Cobb was bad and high, and Harrison Smith had the great coverage on Cobb. That ends in an interception. And the throw to Tunyon was into double coverage. Roger still manages to put it on his hands. And I just think that there's there is a point where if you're going to force the ball up into double coverage, that means that you've got guys who might not be the mo- as open as you like it, but you've got some other options out there who don't have two guys on them that, you know, pro wide receivers who stick around in the NFL do so because a quarterback tries to put a ball on them. And this was a game where I saw Rogers eat throws and force to his veterans instead of going to young guys. And, I've, I've talked about it for years. Like I don't, I do not understand. And it seems to be widely understood. The broadcasters understand it. The coaches seem to understand it is that Rodgers is mad at his rookies. He's mad at these guys. They don't do things the right way. And if you don't do the right things the right way, then Aaron doesn't like you. And then if Aaron doesn't like you, Oh, look out. Everyone's going to roll their eyes. And at a certain point, like guys stick around in the NFL when you put balls on their hands and If you got no one else walking through that door, which the Packers don't, that's their wide receiver core. Like I've been, I'm begging for it. Put some balls onto these guys' hands. Put some throws where only your guy can get it against a good cornerback. And no one out there, no one on the Packers is going to be Justin Jefferson levels of open because they don't have a a wide receiver that
1: can do that yet. So put some, put some balls on some guys. Just just throw the ball christian watson you know i i I wonder how different this game runs if christian Hmm. watson doesn't drop that first ball and how aaron Rodgers treats this receiving core as the game goes on that man is fast he's blazing fast holy cow yeah if he doesn't drop that ball in the most normal instance of rookie nerves a guy who didn't really play it all this preseason has missed a ton of training camp. Gets open on the first play of his professional career. It's a ball put on him by Aaron Rodgers and drops it. You got to catch it, but also, eh, I kind of get, I kind of get that.
0: I think there's a twenty five percent chance that that's the first play they run from scrimmage against Chicago next week.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> who who do the Bears have to cover? him? Yeah, you think Jaquan Brisker is gonna is gonna stay with him? No, you no. gonna you gonna you gonna bracket a rookie that had two catches for thirty four yards last week no yeah run that run that right away they never went back to it they never attacked that again that was probably their all game um yeah. but rogers isn't gonna throw we saw him start to get to romeo dobbs as the game went on dobbs looked pretty good there was one time early i think it was the next drive after the watson drop where dobbs kind of sat in the wrong spot of the zone and rogers missed him by five yards and looked pretty pretty sullen and pissed um it's just, you know, that stuff's gonna happen. You gotta throw it, you gotta throw it to him again. You put you put balls on Geronimo Allison, my guy. Yeah. You you can put balls on Romeo Dobbs. You gave Ger- Geronimo Allison a lot of chances. That was your best receiver in 2016, brother. You can put balls on Christian Watson again. We're not going back to that. You're We're not going back to, to Geronimo die. Allison. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> there's no
0: there's no one else. There's there's no help. There's no option. You're not waiting for anyone to get healthy. Bob Tunyon looked fine. Look, he looked he, pretty good. He looked very comfortable moving out there. I was happy to yeah. see him playing
1: again. I, I, I think there's a a long shot chance where Robert Robert Tunyon's top two, top three on this team in targets. I, he's just, I can see a situation where it's Dobbs, Tunyon, and Jones leading this team in targets. Dylan leads the team in catches today, but long term, as this as the year progresses, he he did pretty well.
0: Yeah, I can see I can see Randall Cobb doing well this year as well. He looks a little bit better than he did last year. He he caught everything thrown his way except for the interception, which I don't. You know that's not that's not the right ball for Rogers to put up
1: in that situation. I don't think. But he yeah. knows how he's known Randall Cobb a long time. He knows how tall Randall Cobb is. Yeah, you don't you forget. You a, can't put that. Not very. <laughs> it's
0: not the place for it. Yeah, Rodgers also has the strip sack fumble turnover to begin the second half uh, a tentative start for him but we saw him be tentative last year and then we saw the Packers last year make some stuff work I I have turned into the complaining guy because we rarely record these right after games, so usually I have a chance to like cool down the two degrees I need to get back to my normal state but uh, the the stuff with Rogers we talk about his feelings and the media talks about his feelings more than any other quarterback. I think I've ever experienced like the, the media usually, and this is to their detriment, I think loves to, uh, loves to paint wide receivers as, uh, as players whose feelings need to be taken into a court where like, I just, I, I don't really think that. I think that frankly is, is usually tabloid stuff, but boy, we spend a lot of time talking about Aaron Rodgers' feelings and the way he feels towards his teammates and, if we're going to talk about Aaron Rodgers' feelings, I'm going to issue I'm going to issue a challenge to Aaron Rodgers and this is the Aaron Rodgers talk to one of your teammates challenge. Be seen on on the on the sideline of a game, well not in the game, speaking to one of your teammates. Like I'll care about your feelings a lot more if I can see you talking to these guys that you apparently have all these feelings about. Yeah, I just
1: I just won't I just won't care about your feelings. Oh, I but haven't. Yeah, I haven't the cared football, so far, the hard but... the football doesn't care about your feelings. It's the closest <laughs> I'll ever get to yeah. a Ben Shapiro statement, which is football doesn't care about your feelings, Aaron. Yeah. Well, the trick put the ball in the guy that's open.
0: If you want to do it the Ben Shapiro way, you have to put as more emotion in your voice than I've put into my voice in the last five years. Oh, it doesn't. Ca- I don't care about your feelings.
1: Eh, the, the, football doesn't care about your feelings. Okay. Yeah. Um,
0: the, yeah the angriest little helium man on earth is little, telling me little, that no one cares about your feelings like a little five foot four rat boy yeah. <laughs> man oh, oh man he's really annoying but all this all this talk about aaron Rodgers' feelings i cannot like like high five a teammate my man like like if those guys i mean it's uh, when, when you have that relationship, I just worry that it turns into like, it just turns into another workplace where like one of your peers has one of, is now one of your managers. And that guy is super pissed off at you and you do not quite know why. And you, and I just, I think modern I'm complaining more about modern football and the way a modern sideline runs than about anything else. You know, like the guys all sit in their little position groups now and they get their little coaching on their little Microsoft tablets. And I, I wish there was just a little bit more, a little bit more sideline communication between players in general. Cause it has to help. Like, this is a game of, of connection and understanding and chemistry and momentum. And I just can't see mo- it. I, and I'm talking about this for every team. I don't see momentum being helped by everyone getting off the field where all 11 of you have just like, you know, thrown, thrown yourself into the, into the fire for each other. And then you all go sit down in, in little groups of two or three or four after the game. It It's, it bothers me. I think there should be, I think there should be more team stuff.
1: Yeah. I think that just like the sixties, they should all sit around in a little circle and, and smoke cigarettes to halftime. time. Yeah. They absolutely um, should smoke more cigarettes, less performance enhancing drugs and more cigarettes in football. Yeah, um, it's such a segmented thing on the sideline and, and we don't we don't get a ton of footage of it, but I think you're right. It's it's hard to imagine coming off the field in a group setting, leaving that and then going into little tiny groups of, of linemen, of linebackers, of defensive backs, of wide receivers, of running backs, of quarterbacks and sitting all together and breaking down what your group does specifically in the part as a cog in the machine it feels like it would be more beneficial to discuss as a whole group. It feels um, like
0: that's what the weekdays are for.
1: Yeah. If Yeah, totally. And yeah, man, I just, I just, they spent a lot of time talking about it on the broadcast of, of, you know, the sideline looks, looks quiet. They look defeated going into halftime is, is, you know what they were saying? It's like, yeah, man, that all comes from one. That all kind of comes from one spot, right? Like, you look to your veterans for it. They're professionals that need to do a job. That probably shouldn't influence anything, but it is, it is, you know, there's, there's, there's some underlying momentum and, and confidence that drives a football game. You got to look to somebody for it. And it, it didn't feel like it was coming from anybody on this Packers team today. It didn't, heard, it wasn't coming yeah. from the floor. It wasn't coming from Rodgers. It wasn't coming from Randall Cobb. There was nobody fired up and and it sucks because that's a good position where, there's a certain guy on the Minnesota defense who was really good at that a couple of years ago.
0: Yeah, he was, and he was. <laughs> boy, Darius was having a good time. Yeah, he was. He was having he was a real good time. That's just the uh, that's just the gas that makes his uh, his motor go. Have you ever heard Aaron Rodgers referred to as the glum slinger? No, that's one that I've liked. I've heard that. That's, that's a, a good a, one. Yeah, that's a forum's insult for him, and I, I've I've kind of felt that too. And that it's a great word to describe him because he's not pissed. He's not happy. He's not sad. He's glum. Yeah. He's dissatisfied and glum and he's going to sit down. Like I just, at a certain point, what are you looking at on that tablet? Like, oh, should have thrown the ball. Yeah. Yeah. He should have. <laughs> Let's see if it changes yeah. next
1: drive. Cause I don't think it is. Maybe, yeah. maybe you should talk to Romeo Dobbs who sat in the wrong part of the zone and tell yeah. him where you want him to sit in You've- that type of zone.
0: You've got three or four guys over in those other position groups who are playing their first NFL game. And they're getting, you know, they're kind of getting their butts handed to them. You've you've played a lot of NFL
1: games as an 18-year veteran. Go tell them something. Here's what you here's what you can do. Go over and say, hey man, this happened last year. We were fine. You're gonna be all right. You're gonna iron it out. Just go out. Who cares? We're gonna get it figured out it's it it feels and you know i'm not in a position where i'm managing a 53 man roster of people being paid millions of dollars oh neither of us thankfully thank yeah thank god don't put me in that position i don't want to be in that position i i don't know a whole bunch about x's and O's. but i do know a little bit about people and i don't think that people really respond well to kind of a strategy of like Turning the shoulder when they mess up. You gotta let you gotta let them know, hey man, you're gonna be all right. Or hey man, I didn't like that you did that. Here's how we can improve it. That has to be how you handle this. And I don't think that it coming between Aaron Rodgers to a position coach, to another position coach, back down to the players, to the wide receivers, to the line is the way to handle it. Now, maybe there are times where he's going over and talking to him on the sideline. But filtering it through like a game of telephone is probably not the ideal way to handle this type of stuff. And that should get ironed out this week in practice. Well, and they're also they're rookies. They need they need instruction on the fly.
0: Yeah, it's happening to them right then and right right there. And they need something in that moment to let them know that it's all right and that they're surrounded by people who have who have been there for a while and and particularly number 12, this guy with a Super Bowl ring and a million dollars and and you know everything that they're they're trying to accumulate in their own careers he's already got all of it and he's glum (laughs) like it's 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 time to uh you know I, I I do something for way less than Aaron Rodgers does but it's it's still it's still a performance I'm still expected to be good and when say, theoretically, if if I were to have finished up a game in Cincinnati, Ohio on Friday night at uh, 10 o'clock Eastern time and then have driven four hours back to South Bend and gotten five hours of sleep and woken up and eaten a Cliff Bar and gone out to broadcast a soccer doubleheader in 85-degree weather underneath one of those shitty tents, say, theoretically, if I were to have done that this weekend, mm-hmm. those soccer people aren't going to accept... Oh, I had a, a another event last night as an excuse to be like glum on their broadcast. You know, you still you you've got to you've got to work. <laughs> you've and and that's as I, I've become everything I've hated tonight. In that I'm I'm criticizing it and uh, you know all the millionaires who play a kids game for uh, for not working. But I'm sick of this glum stuff, like. You've got to, you've got to show up. You know I certainly wasn't like, I certainly wasn't an A one blazing force of personality before we went live <laughs> Saturday yeah. morning. Certainly not. But when the red light goes on, and when things break, and when things don't go as expected, uh, yeah, you know, and we, you know, we certainly had a day like that on Saturday. Things did not go as expected. Like you've got to, you've got to come back, and you've got to have a smile in your voice when you say like. Hey, I'm sorry we just missed 10 minutes of game time because apparently the um, the entire Verizon network in this zip code went down for seven minutes. Uh, you know, my my humble apologies. You've got to have you've gotta have an energy in your voice when you come back to that because you owe you owe it to the people around you to do that to do that kind of work. And it seems so simple and that I can get in my basement and say that, but like high level organizations. You know, are always hiring incredibly highly paid consultants all day long who are gonna kind of tell you the same thing and that like you've got to wake up for this stuff. Like you've got to get up. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna be in this kind of competitive environment and I can't think of a higher level competitive environment than the National Football League, you've got to be up for it. You know, there's there's no there's no business like win. There's no day at the office win.
1: Yeah there's no, there's no cruise control win, especially in a division game to start the season against a coach who's having his first game. Trust me, he's going to go all out. Every trick in the book, he's got it planned. They've worked on it. He's you, thought about it a bit. He's thought about it. He spent his whole life thinking about this. There's a way for you to go on cruise control in year four, five. This is five. You've been doing this a while. You can kind of coast a little bit. A guy in his first game – He's going to be bringing everything he's got. And whether he's good or not, that's a determining factor. Kevin O'Connell had it tonight. The Vikings didn't make many mistakes.
0: Yeah, and the team has it too. Like, you got a new guy in. You got a new general manager. Uh, That's, like, your money's at stake. Those guys, you got to show those guys that you care. Yeah. Uh, Again, like, we go back to how many times, like, in, in your professional life have you noticed that you step it up when someone new is watching I know I do,
1: yeah, all the time it, you're training somebody new. you got you gotta be on on the top of your game. you gotta be on full like, hey, here's how we do things. This is what we do. You got the big boss in all right, this is how we do it. This is picture perfect, one, two, three, four, five to the code type of stuff. like, yeah, and the Vikings played like that, man. Vikings played like their checks aren't promised tomorrow if they don't win. They they look great. I want to talk a little bit about some of the positives that I saw in this
0: game. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna count Christian Watson as a positive absolutely, because he's healthy to play in week one and he's fast. That's gonna help. Like get get him involved. I love the little the little uh, reverse jet that they did with him. That that kind of play calling is gonna help him a lot. So major positive there, Christian Watson uh looks like Looks like a physical competitor on the football field. Looks, you know, looks like him, I've seen him catch a pass and run a reverse, and also burn an NFL quarterback really badly.
1: He he's gonna if he can catch anything, he's gonna work out. Christian Watson reminded me a lot of Marquez Valdez gantling on that that deep route, and then showed us a little bit more maneuverability on the other stuff that he ran all day. And I, I, I think just another point touching on that deep route is, hey, man, that was that was MBS's whole game for years was 50-50 ball. And who knows if he's going to catch it or not. You can't let that guy go and then bring in somebody who's just as good at it and just go, ah, we missed the coin toss. We're not going back to it. Another positive that I, I saw out there today
0: was A.J. Dillon. I'm going to stick on the offensive side. AJ looks fantastic and his pass catching ability is going to help this team a lot. If he can keep up that kind of production, because Aaron threw him some tough balls to catch. Aaron moved him into space a couple of times on little swings to the flat. Dylan had to reach out for balls. He had to pace himself on his, on his path to balls that were in the air. Those were things that we watched him struggle with. And those frankly things that he didn't do in college, but the jump, from uh, from last year to this year. Uh, that's that's pretty clear progress from AJ Dillon. And you know, I, I love to see guys like Dylan who who many think made it to the NFL on on physical traits alone. I love to see skill progress from those guys.
1: Yeah. AJ Dillon, 15 touches, 91 yards, and a touchdown. That's a that's a good day. Yeah, it's a good day the, at the office. Yeah, you want to get the ball in his hands more. Aaron Jones only had eight touches today. That's just that just feels inexcusable to me.
0: Yeah, that's terrible. Uh, You you've kept him around, like you've made the choice to keep this guy around and pay him. You've got to get him involved. He's got to he's got to have 15 touches pretty much every game,
1: no matter what. I mean, five carries for 49 yards. That's 10 yards a carry. That's three catches, 27 yards, nine yards a catch. You, you got to find a way to get the ball in his hands. More Maybe
0: long. there's something that we don't know about his health or, or his condition, but he looked fast and electric when he had the ball. Yeah. Yeah. yeah nine yeah, nine like yards. of carry pinballing, drawing contact, moving underneath guys. Uh, he looked sharp and they did not get the ball to him nearly enough, but AJ Dylan's a positive uh, Bob Tunney. we talked about him. He's a positive on offense for me. He needs to keep on getting right and getting more snaps on defense. My number two, one and number two positives are quay walker and kenny clark uh those are the guys who i think played the best games on
1: defense today absolutely quay walker left with a shoulder injury um but man did he look really really good when he was in um yeah he looked he looked great he's so fast he's so strong he tackles really well yeah Second his... the team in tackles tonight
0: oh his tackling was so good that's he was an immediate pass to the eye test of course the vikings adjusted to him and Devondre Campbell being in the middle and the Packers had to get away from those two middle linebacker sets. Cause they were able to put stuff over the top of those two guys. Cause they got them rolling downhill. And the, so the Vikings made the correct adjustments, but Oh, Quay Walker. Oh boy. I, I immediately passed the eye test. That guy is going to be a good player. If he's able to be healthy and on the field, getting snaps for the Packers, uh, they need another great tackler. I think they got one there. And well, Kenny Clark is is fast. He's so strong, but the the ability for the quick swim move, bull rush from a nose tackle position, being able to push up field in the pocket. The Packers didn't have enough of that, but when they did have him working that, he was very
1: good. Yeah, he, he looked great. Secondary, the secondary outside of the Justin Je- Jefferson destruction, yeah, looked all right too. I, I wasn't. Unhappy with it when it wasn't on Justin Jefferson's shot plays. Um, but
0: yeah, I imagine you're going to see some, some, a little bit of muddying of the waters as to who cornerback two and three are, especially if, uh, if you're going to see Stokes tending as far off of guys as he was in this game. I think you're going to see Douglas getting some snaps as, as cornerback two, especially in, in a more of a four or five db look, but. Yeah. All those guys did all right. And yeah, you've got to, I, I think if you're the Packers, you just have to get more physical with wide receivers. I, I think that the NFL tends to discourage that. And so that's a tough order. Yeah. Again, like me in my basement going, Hey, play better. But I think you, you definitely need to be for closer to guys. than You than five or 10 yards away when the ball is being released. That uh, That's that's not a recipe for
1: success. No, it's a classic issue we had with Dom Capers' defenses. Is is guys being 10 yards off at the snap on second and six? Uh, third and four, guys, eight, eight, 10 yards off. It just doesn't work.
0: Now, this is an interesting matchup for next week because you saw the Packers, who did not blitz very much in this game, at least not to my eye, uh, next week against a really questionable offensive line, and a quarterback in fields that still doesn't quite have his sea legs in the NFL. Uh, do you expect them to blitz more? Cause I think I do.
1: Yeah, I think you've got to, I think you've got to at least come out with a game plan of blitzing and see how fields answers to it. Um, come out, throw a couple of blitzes at him, throw a couple of weird ones, see how he responds to pressure. Cause you're going to be able to get it home with that line. He's he's so mobile that there's totally a chance where he's just able to dodge a good chunk of it. Um, but can he make an accurate throw on the run? Can he make good decisions on the run? You, you test that out, I, I think most likely there, we're going to be seeing a lot of pressure coming from the Packers most of next week.
0: One more positive that I have for Green Bay is the special teams unit. No mistakes in this game. Yeah. No, nothing Nothing about the special teams phase of the game decided anything. Most uh, most kickoffs from the Vikings were into the end zone, not returnable. I, I I these days I cringe seeing any player bring a ball out of the end zone on a kickoff. Just take it to the twenty five. I, I the numbers the numbers probably back me up there, even though I won't bother to look at them. Uh, good fair catches on punts. Good coverage on punts. Mason Crosby makes one extra point. That's his only kick of the day all those things bode well. Like maybe we don't have to worry about the special teams this year. Hoping. So hoping for more of that because Packers are going to be in games where it will matter.
1: Yeah. There was one. I remember where Amari Rogers fair caught it. And there was, there was definitely plenty of space to advance it. But I also, at this point, don't hate just fair catching it and saying, here you go, Aaron Rodgers. you go run the offense. I'm not going to try and make a play. This is on you. I'm here to be safe. Um, so I, 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 don't hate that. I wonder if that's, you know, some, some sort of game plan type of thing or, or just a decision that isn't perfect for Amari Rogers, but he caught it and that's all that matters.
0: Yeah. You got to take the safe play at a certain point. Um, I've got one more positive and it's really sort of a minor positive in that Sammy Watkins looked fine. Get the ball to him a little bit more if he's going to be open. Cause he can, he can cut and move
1: underneath and he's a reliable pro get him involved. Three targets for Sammy Watkins, three catches, 18 yards. All all short stuff, his longest was nine. See what he can do over the top. See what he can do on posts and and, and crossers and digs and everything. See what he can do a little bit more. We don't need to see, you know, an insane amount of Josiah Deguara action. No, uh, I, I I prefer not to. But... From the age back. you know. Yeah. But see what Sammy can do. Yeah,
0: Wat- Watkins has been a, a reliable pro and – he is a veteran and Rogers likes the veterans. So get him the ball a little bit more, get him, get him moving around. And especially if you're, if you're able to bring Alan Lazard in, you know, a three wide receiver set with Lazard, Cobb and Watkins, and then Tunyon as your tight end. And then a Jones or Dylan in the backfield. That's a pretty good skill position compliment. If Lazard is able to be healthy and productive this year, you know, and, and not take any steps backwards, if that's, that's not too much to complain about it's a you know it's a run and sideline to sideline oriented attack but you know if if you want to put veterans out on the field who know what they're doing you can't ask for a lot more than you know a couple of veteran wideouts a lazard a third year guy i believe who is look starting to look comfortable and then two running backs who you love with a hall of fame quarterback show me the problem
1: you know i think the team misses a Devontae adams like true number one type of guy but there's there's no other running back rooms that i'd trade aaron jones and aj dillon for and this this offense is more built on the running backs than the wide receivers so yeah it, it it's 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 more built for this shanahan tree type of west coast offense than than anything else i I can see complaining about a, a Devonte Adams losing that guy, but any any offense, any team in the world in the history of the NFL is going to complain about losing Devonte Adams. You got to figure it out. I'm
0: still complaining about losing Devontae Adams. I feel sick to my stomach. Yeah, I miss him. the uh, The Raiders could not pull out the win despite having Devontae Adams. I want to move a little bit around the
1: league. Uh, did you catch the Thursday game, Bills Rams? I caught a I caught a good chunk of it. I didn't see everything, but. I saw a good chunk of it. I watched that from a hotel
0: room on my business trip. The Bills look fantastic. Von Miller's helping them. The Rams look like a lot of Super Bowl teams do in week one, like they got a little bit of a hangover. And they also have – they did the thing that a lot of Super Bowl winning teams did, which is they lost players on their fronts. And they look different because of it.
1: Yeah, Andrew Whitworth gone from L.A., it it felt like it really impacted Matt Stafford's protection up front. Josh Allen looked so good that I, I was watching that game going like, yeah, I just don't know how you beat that. Jalen
0: Ramsey also looked a little bit cooked. Um, smart money is not on Jalen Ramsey being cooked, but uh, boy, the Bills torched him. He, yeah, he
1: looked He's I remember seeing a, a stat of like, it was a perfect passer rating against Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. Josh Allen targeted Jalen Ramsey, perfect passer rating all completions um yeah he looked cooked I would I would bet my life savings on Jalen Ramsey not being cooked but really always fun to see Jalen Ramsey get cooked a little bit because he's going to come back and just dominate next week oh you gotta savor those moments you gotta savor them it's it's
0: funny because the play on words is that like Jalen Ramsey normally with all the trash talk and all the physical stuff and all the all the sort of like head games that he plays like that's a raw player Yes, I, I don't think he's cooked. No, uh, that's oh, my goodness. Fred just jumped onto my mixer. Uh, Hi, Fred. I hope you're still hearing me. I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. OK, Hi Fred. good. Yeah, he stepped. He stepped on buttons. Come on, buddy. Hi. Right, come here. OK, he just wants cat podcast. Saints beat the Falcons on a 50 plus yard field goal and a magic 17 point comeback. That was a good game. I expected that one to be close. I expected the Falcons to look pretty good cuz they're auditioning a bunch of guys, but new game and you know game in front of a bunch of new bosses there as well. That one was entertaining. Um, Browns beat the Panthers 26 to 24. I still am not congr- contractually obligated obligated to care about the Browns. Steelers beat the Bengals 23-20. Never count out Mitch Trubisky, the Nickelodeon <laughs> MVP. <laughs>
1: Uh, famous, famous words. Uh, Nick Trubisky, Mitch Trubisky, really good. Nickelodeon Trubisky, really yeah. good.
0: The MVP, <laughs> the
1: Slime Master.
0: I love watching him win. Yeah, he is I uh, like the attitude and and the the effort has never been the question with Trubisky. It's the it's the brain, yeah. and and how the brain makes the arm do things. You know, you you can never look at that guy and be like, oh yeah, bad attitude. You know, bringing the team down. Like not not working, like he's always working, like he seems to be a totally respectable professional who would probably dominate any other level of football being played anywhere.
1: He reminds me so much of like a just a plain old yellow lab, just just, just a, a having fun, just all energy having fun, big old idiot,
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's perfect, perfect for the Steelers, just another another glute of a quarterback. <laughs> Philadelphia Eagles went on the road they beat the Lions 38 to 35. Uh, the Detroit Lions scored 35 points against what was supposed to be a pretty fucking good defense there for uh, for the Eagles but really wasn't in week one but has to you know people in people in Detroit got be gotta be content with their team scoring 35 in week one against the Eagles. The loss still sucks and they've got to learn how to play games but you know Jared Goff he is still jerked Goff.
1: I, I I really like what the Lions are doing. I, you know, I, they're building a, a group around the quarterback before they get the quarterback. So it's a good setting for somebody to land in. Jamal Williams, two touchdowns. Uh, DeAndre Swift looked look terrific. Amon Ross St. Brown continued kind of his stellar play from the back half of last season with a touchdown. New addition of G- DJ Chark. He's really good. Came from Jacksonville after kind of a weird freak ankle injury last year. Didn't see any time. And TJ Hawkinson's a good, a pretty dang solid tight end. Colts tie the Texans.
0: Love a first week tie. Twenty to twenty. Love a first week tie. We all remember that we have them. Uh Dolphins convincingly beat the Patriots. Tua looked great. Twenty to seven is the win for the Dolphins at home. Um don't count out the Dolphins this year. I think they're gonna be okay.
1: Yeah. Mike McDaniel's a the old old Niners guy, old young Niners guy. Um, Dolphins look good. That's that's another team that's kind of built skill players around their young quarterback, so that it's tougher for him to fail. Jalen Waddell's really good. Bringing in Tyreek Hill is a really good signing. Mike McDaniel's is look look great. Ravens so, defeat
0: gonna... yeah. Ravens defeat the Jets twenty four to nine. Surprising nobody at all. Ravens are going to be good. Jets are going to be bad. We kind of know where that's at. The Washington commanders beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Washington was able to close it at home down the stretch and the Jaguars are, I mean, they looked better than they did under urban Meyer, but that's not a compliment. I didn't just praise anyone.
1: Nope. Not a compliment at all.
0: The New York giants beat the Tennessee Titans 21 to 20. It was 19 to 20 on the road go for two for the win the Giants convert it uh that's the way to get some media attention right there that is that is a bold call
1: I love it absolutely you're you're on the road you you got Daniel Jones as your quarterback give him as as few of chances to really lose the game as possible
0: <laughs> yeah just you know, play with the uh, play with your back to the wall play play to not lose I watched a Watch the high school coach make the decision to go for two in the exact same situation. I think the exact same score to win a state championship in Lucas Oil Stadium down in Indianapolis,
1: and I love it. That's it's it's the most stressful situation in the world is a high school coach. It doesn't get bigger than that.
0: Yeah that that one you know that one will will impress me for for a long time. I love that call in the pros. Uh, Chiefs beat the Cardinals 44 to 21. Chiefs are good. Cardinals will uh Cardinals will get some wins this year. They'll be okay. Uh The Raiders get defeated by the Chargers 24 to 19. Uh The Packers game broadcast was having just such a fun time at one point being like Devontae Adams has more offense than the entire Packers do. And well, you know, both teams are 0 and one. So we can't, we, we don't get to feel any certain way about that, even though, uh, he, you know, 10, 10 catches for 141 yards, a touchdown, seventeen targets. Like, um, that's pretty good. Yeah, they paid him a bunch of money, brought him out there, and he caught a bunch of footballs. So, yeah, certainly, certainly hope to see more from there. Although, in order to root for Dante Adams' success, I have to be rooting for Josh McDaniels' eh, success, which I, I don't really want to do, and also Mark Davis' success, which I I'm like I'm physically prevented from doing.
1: Yeah, it's tough. I'm glad that Devonte Adams is getting is taking away Mark Davis's money. Yeah, which I guess is the someone I mean,
0: needs someone needs to.
1: Yeah, I'll do it too. Mark, give me a call.
0: Yeah, yeah, call me up, man. I will. Uh, I'll gladly take your money. I will quietly quit on you. Uh, tomorrow night is Broncos Seahawks. That's that's a great week one. And as of right now, Buccaneers and Cowboys are tied at three apiece down in uh, Jerry world. I'm going to go turn on that game in just a little bit. Cause I feel we've got, uh, we've got a lot of this podcast wrapped up here with, uh, with some after the game thoughts. I'm, I'm just going to turn it back over to you. Uh, we talked a bit about, about some positives, some negatives in this game. Uh, do you have anything that you see from this, uh, from this opening week that we didn't touch
1: on? Give me one second to really Hone in, think. Devontae Campbell looked really, really, really fucking good again.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's really good. He, he got a little bit lost for me because I was watching Quay Walker going, like, oh, this guy. I uh, like a middle linebacker who goes downhill, but yeah, Campbell remains a, uh, a good professional. Um, Yosh Nyman at left tackle did uh, did a pretty good job. The The interior of that line without Runyon is going to have to play Toms. Which maybe not not great, and I'm also really hoping that uh, that Christian Barnes is able to come back and not be out for a while. Although he probably has a broken bone, and he's probably probably done for the year.
1: Uh, Yeah, it's 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 tough. We talked about it last week. Of like inside linebacker depth, that's a big strength of this team. And right away, Quay Walker leaves with a shoulder, and Chris Barnes looks to have broken an ankle. Probably he was he was carted off with an air cast on his leg. Um, tough right away to lose in this fashion and also decimate the linebacking core. McDuffie looked all right in in preseason. So we'll see what he's got, but uh, it's tough. Devondre Campbell looks like an all pro again. Thank, thank God.
0: One more thing. Um, there's, there's a bunch of puff pieces on Packers.com, you know, ahead of this game, talking a bit about giving sound bites about the upcoming season, the upcoming games. And, the, 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 splash headline for Quay Walker's interview is at the end of the day, I just have to go out and play football. And my incredibly sarcastic note for this is actually most games are played at noon.
1: At the end of the morning.
0: Yeah. That's <laughs> uh, shortly after breakfast and warmups. Yeah. Uh, you just have to go out and play football. <laughs> I, I love I love things like that, like those little word salad things that people just use to fill space and to, to start the motor. Uh, some guys just go. Whoa. I tend to double up on words. I'll sit and and think I'll do that where I I just wait on my brain to catch up with my my speech. That's the one I see all the time that I'm trying to get rid of as a professional concern. But at the end of the day is a real popular one four guys or uh coaches frequently you ask him a question their first the first thing out of their mouth is well absolutely and
1: like, <laughs> yes and like a uh-huh. classic improv coaches are really good improvers yes uh, they all graduated from second city yeah mine is uh yeah uh and into it um uh, mm-hmm. i've noticed that no the 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 final thing jordan love through five passes four completions I had turned this game off by then. My stream had crashed and I was not going through the any of the energy to try and find a new one. So I just said, Yep, all right, I'm good. I'll I'll catch up on that. Maybe I'll maybe I'll tweet some thoughts on the, the Cheeseheads in Chicagoland Twitter account at Cheesecagoland.
0: Yeah, at that point the Vikings secondary was, was playing was playing to not give up the 14 point play. So yeah, love was just basically completing stuff underneath and running a hurry up drill in a completely decided game. So not a lot, not a lot to speak of from Jordan Love's appearance on the final drive of the game. Packers-Bears next week. Uh, Bears are clearly going to come out with a little bit of sauce this year. Packers got to be up for that game. Effort's got to be consistent from start to finish. I, I did predict that this week one game was going to be a blowout one side or the other. I did not know which side. And you know twenty, the you know twenty three seven not exactly a blowout in the way we think about it, but a completely one sided game for the Vikings in their victory. Um, I still, I still have them at nine and seven. I, I think they'll end up around there. Has your opinion of the Vikings changed at all?
1: No, I, I still thought they were, they were going to be pretty good. I think I had them at nine or ten wins if I remember correctly. And yeah, I'd stick with that.
0: Yeah, I think uh I think next week we we see the Packers uh, you know you you're gonna need 21 to beat the Bears. I think Packers get get somewhere in the twenty-eight to thirty-five range against that yeah. Bears defense. I think this is gonna be a turnaround game. And if it's not, we will uh we'll continue worrying about it on Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. Yeah, we're at uh the Twitter account is at Cheese You can you can follow that on Twitter and you know, nothing, nothing terribly exciting will happen to your Twitter feed because of it. I occasionally remember (laughs) to, uh, to send a tweet from there, but, uh, yeah, good follow, even if it's just because we don't bring a lot of nonsense and we're not constantly retweeting stuff or, uh, bringing you sponsored content because no one is sponsoring us. But if anyone does want to sponsor us, I will, uh, I will gladly shill, shill for your products. One more thing.
1: Uh, yeah. Well, on the back of sponsorships Geico, if you want to sponsor us, We'll take the sponsorship, but I have to be in a commercial beheading the gecko.
0: Okay. You're you're sick of the gecko.
1: I'm sick of the gecko. He's passed his lifespan. If you Google the lifespan of a gecko, it's like 15 to 20 years. That gecko gecko is like 23 years old now. He's too goddamn old. We got to kill the gecko.
0: At the end of the day-
1: And I want to be the one to do it. At the end of the day, you I just... want the gun that fires the bullet that kills the Geico Gecko. L- and so bit Geico, there. you call me, or State Farm, you call me, and we can kill the Gecko together. We can team up. All State, get in on this. We're killing the Geico Gecko. Uh, uh, also, turning
0: the farmers
1: (laughs) call me up
0: (laughs) them too turning turning the show empire into like a law and order thing where you're spinning it off to do the country music version of it called monarch is absolutely hilarious to me really Uh, funny shows about like soap opera dramas about the music industry destroy me because even my limited experience with the music industry tells me that it's incredibly boring especially at those upper echelons where it's like the high powered groups that run it it's 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 not it's not very exciting and i i just love the conceit like they show these extended previews on fox i adore this conceit that uh you know they've there's this family called the monarchs and they've built a country music empire and there's like an exterior establishing shot of their their sort of business headquarters recording studio and it's just like this obviously cgi building with a big cgi sign on top of it that says monarch <laughs>
1: yeah
0: it doesn't work that way
1: their comparison of like it's like empire meets succession meets breaking bad I'm like, <laughs> all right shut up we're no, just it's like not. it's on box yeah, shut the hell up we're sp-
0: we're spinning off the mute the music drama into into various genres now are we going to get like sort of a like a a soundcloud rap version of that or like a heavy metal version of that i might watch a heavy metal version of empire because but that's essentially metalocalypse <laughs> which, which has already been done
1: the soundcloud rap would be like a, a spin-off of the walking dead yeah a bit that's, of that's my take
0: yeah uh, you know an elder and an elder statesman going like i got my face tattoos before any of you were
1: alive yeah real like xanax zombie types <laughs> roaming the grounds um i have one more thing before we get out of here mike uh, I bought a can of new Glarus. This is a section of good podcasting. This is my favorite section where we do something that you can't see. Yes. Um, Visuals an audio... and the audio medium. I mean, I've, I've been, I haven't done my play-by-play skills in a while, uh, so I'll, I'll work through this. About one year ago, I moved to New York City. I'm I'm telling you the truth now. I didn't move here one week ago. I moved here about a year ago. On my way out here, I stopped in Wisconsin. And I bought a pack of New Glarus, Spotted Cow, and two women. Now, I drank all of the two women, drank all 12 of them. I still have about six Spotted Cows left. Broke one of them out today. I planned on drinking it when the game was was over, and we won, and then we didn't. the Packers didn't win. And so now I'm here to drink it and see if, after one year of sitting in a closet, does New Glarus, Spotted Cow, hold up? Are you ready? Uh, Everybody, turn your audio up. This is going to be a little little ASMR section for you. I'm sure this is what you come to this podcast for. We're going to open the beer. Good pop. A good pop. A really good pop. I've shifted the beer to my right hand. It's the good can with the cow jumping over the state of Wisconsin. Kind of colorful one. It's not plain. Sometimes the bottle logos seem a little a little plain this is the colorful one. I'm going to take a sip here. Not like I remember. Not like <laughs> Not like I remember. A, year, oh, a year
0: in the closet will do that to anything.
1: <laughs> hey man, if I spent a year in darkness in a cardboard box, I would not be the same. I can tell you that. What's the, what's the better beer, Two Women or or, uh, or Spotted Cow? I think Two Women's the best. I also really like the Moon Man.
0: Yeah, the Moon Man is fantastic. I've, I've always been partial to the Two Women. New Glarus is fantastic. I'm still in driving distance to Wisconsin, so I, I get that fairly frequently. But yeah, one, one left. Don't let your beer sit for an entire year, folks. Don't play 10 yards off of Justin Jefferson. Um, and don't forget to come on back next week when we talk about packers bears right here on cheeseheads in chicago and until then uh, enjoy a spotted cow sometime closer than within a year of buying it and also
1: stay cheesy baby
0: that's right